what would happen if iTunes disappeared? Would you, would you continue podcasting? Would you podcast? If iTunes was not around, would you podcast? Lucky episode number seven. Welcome back. We've got a fantastic interview with a podcasting pioneer. Elsie Escobar has been podcasting since 2006, if you can believe that. Yes, there were people podcasting back then, and she was one of the first women with a podcast on yoga. And she's really uh, honest, sincere, upfront, outspoken about all things podcasting. And it was a joy to interview her. Really, really one of my favorite uh, interviews so far. She has so much to say and is so well-versed. Having done this for such a long time, I think you'll get a kick out of it. So I've been really excited to talk to you, by the way. So, <laughs> okay, good. Yay. So, so it was cool that... Um, yeah, we we found a, a common interest in a bunch of things, and I, I just, it was funny because I listened to your your podcast, I was listening to the lips in the feed, right? Uh-huh. And then um, you know when you listen to them enough, you start to figure out uh, little things about the person, yeah. And it gets to the point where your listeners know more about you, right? <laughs> it's crazy because yes, you're right because they yeah, generally speaking, they they come up to me like and they they have this like overwhelming knowledge of who I am, and I'm yeah. like. I don't know about you. <laughs> and uh, I mean, you're you're someone. I, I don't know how many uh, women have been podcasting for as long as you have. I know there's been, you know, obviously, I, I just heard your interview with Keith and the girl. Um, that was in fourteen, I think, of the feed, yeah. and that was interesting because um, I was thinking about them um, uh, when I thought about the the podcast. I thought I I wanted to speak to not just the typical like entrepreneurial crowd because right. at some at some point like everyone is just on everyone else's show yeah and, and then you're like okay at some point how am I going to differentiate myself if we just keep talking to the same people yeah and I thought what about interviewing people who have been podcasting as a way of introduction to people who are new to podcasts don't know what a podcast is I mean as you know you probably have friends you tell them you, even now you tell them hey what's a podcast or or you mention it and they just like give you this blank stare. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, you started with LC's yoga class back in 2006. Yeah. So congratulations, by the way, on episode 100. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, it's, it's funny because I, I listened to, I, I wanted to get the gamut. So I listened to episode one um, when you were just getting started and you were just describing to everyone, this is what I'm trying to do with... Um, with the podcast. So, so bear with me as I, as I go through this journey and it's just, it must be a, a, a certain sense of accomplishment, obviously to get to 100, but, um, you can almost detect like the confidence in your voice when you're on episode 100, like you, 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 you've been through a, a lot of podcasts and then you've kind of know what you're getting into and, and, and you know how to, how to, how to schedule, uh, or, uh, the flow of a, right. of a podcast. So, How's that been, that journey from 1 to 100 for you? Yeah, it was, it was kind of, I was very shy. I mean, it, it's just weird because you're recording to yourself. And so yeah. I was like, what? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is right. You know, and I just felt really kind of uncomfortable with all that gear when I yeah. first started, especially when I was doing the intros and things like that. That was yeah. the most uncomfortable I was. Because Elsie's um, yoga class, I recorded while I was teaching. So what yeah. I did is I, I would have a little you know, digital recorder attached to me with a little lapel mic. And then I would just teach as normal. And my whole thing was that I needed to get the tech out of the way so that I needed to make it as if I didn't want a student to be like, what is, what is she doing? You know, while I'm trying to teach yoga, which is like a very internal kind of process. So I wanted to take that out of the way. So I made it as small and inobtrusive as possible. And I just taught my class. I never was checking whether or not things were recording. I never checked level. Like there was none of that stuff because that takes your brain somewhere else. And um, I had the luxury at that time of having 15 classes that I was teaching a week. So I would kind of do, I would record maybe five of them. And then every time that I would, when I finished a class, I'm like, oh, that was a really good one. And then I would kind of keep that. And then there were times when I recorded five classes and none of them 
I felt were good enough to post. So I would, you know, that was a little bit more pressure where I had to be like, oh my God, I have to be better, <laughs> you know, in the yeah. next class. So that wasn't so hard. But what was hard was the recording of the intros where I was like, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know who was listening. I didn't know how, yeah. how, how to talk, whether I should be more serious or whether I should be more like I am in my classes. And that was really difficult to develop um, kind of like that introduction where it didn't sound like I was so stiff, but I was, you know, really focused on and personable at the same time. And my fallback used to be a lot like, well, um, okay, I think, um, you know, it was just, there was all that internal thing and I, and I kind of didn't take on my power or my voice. And through the years, I, I was able to, to do it a little bit more. No. Did you? So how how do you? Um, how long had you been teaching yoga prior to to starting the podcast? Six years. Six years. So obviously, you know, the the leading of the class was not a big deal for you. What was it that made you think that you wanted to get this in front of, or, or was it the fact that you wanted to get in front of a broader audience? I didn't. I I fell in love with podcasting. Yeah. And I wanted to have a show. I just okay. wanted to have a show. I, I wanted a podcast. And my original idea um, required more work, but I, but I was too impatient. I just wanted to do it, you know, and, and it, wasn't to, it wasn't necessarily even to get an audience. It was just to do the actions that it took because I found that so intriguing. I really yeah. wanted to record. I wanted to um, get into a, a – I wanted to publish stuff, you know, things like that. Um, and, uh, and then, so I just started to do it and that was the easiest way to do it. Oh, I'm sorry. My daughter, I'm sorry. My daughter's yeah, like crying. <laughs> Pardon me. This happens to me all the time. No worries. No worries. So definitely this is something that, uh, Elsie gave us a heads up about. So real life always takes precedence. I have to hold her here for a second. <laughs> and we can continue. She's usually in most of my, she's usually in most of my, um, <laughs> Recording. She's your she's your co-host. She's, she's your co-host. co-host. <laughs> she ends up, but in not never a happy co-host. She always yeah. ends up being like a little bit of an a crying co-host because she's with me. This is why it's so hard for me to um, to uh, record anything because yeah. I have. Uh, yeah, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. How old is she? So, she's uh, two. Two. Okay. She's two. What's her name? Her name is May, and they're the ones over there. She's five, and so okay. she's not going to come and <laughs> hang out with us today. Her bouts of random crying are, are kept at a minimum. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So, so I, go ahead. You were saying that. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I continued to, to do that just because I wanted to get a recording out, and the easiest way for me to do it was to re- – I thought, what's the easiest way? Something totally non-intrusive. Oh, I'm just going to record something I'm already doing. So yeah. I thought I'll just record that and I'll put it out. And then my students had many times said, I wish I could take you with me, you know? And I thought, Oh, okay. Well then I'll, yeah, I'll do this. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what I did. So did you, were you technical, uh, tech savvy at the time? So you felt you didn't feel intimidated by the thought of like, cause it, it seemed to like it would have been harder back in 2006 to, <laughs> For the, to put this together, right? It was. It was very hard. It was like, um, but the thing is, is that I got really obsessed with podcasting from the beginning. So the first, one of the first podcasts that I listened to was Rob's Podcast 411. Yeah. So that was like, I think that was the second podcast that I subscribed myself to. Okay. And, um, and so I started to listen to all these people talking about podcasting, and which is what made me want to podcast. And then I kind of hooked up with another podcaster who used to have a podcast called uh, the typical PC user. Okay. And then, um, I, at that time I was on a, on a PC and, and he would be completely like, he would just talk about real basic computing things. And I, I became more, much more comfortable about that. And then I started to ask him questions about it and how do you do this? How do you do that? And he was super, super supportive. He was like my, my Yoda that he is my, he was my Yoda, my podcasting Yoda. Who was that? Victor Cajiel, and then he, he pod-faded with a typical PC user because he got a Mac. And so he started the typical Mac user podcast, and he published a couple of other podcasts as well. He, he was a really – he is a wonderful, wonderful man. Yeah. And so we became very close friends just through podcasting. He, he taught me everything that I know. He told me exactly what to do and how to do it. 
and uh, what mics to get. Like, you know, he was, he was like, like that one guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, um, that's, that's how I started. And, and I just, and at that time, since I was a woman, I, I was also really involved in uh, the podcasters, the LA podcaster scene in, yeah. in LA. And I decided to attend as many meetups as I possibly could because I wanted to meet these guys. And, and it was through that, that I started to sort of resonate or be known, if you will, in the podcasting industry. Yeah, it's funny because I heard you mention the uh, the LA meetup, and I I think I'm, I might have mentioned uh, that I'm in New York now, but we're moving to LA. Oh, <laughs> wow! So we're literally moving in like uh, a week. So. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've been here for a while. So uh, my wife's Colombian, so this this latest polar vortex was just a bit too much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it was crazy. It was it, was, it almost got to me as well. Yeah. Too bad though the LA podcasters don't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I'm, yeah, I'm sure yeah. there's there's probably others. You know, I'm a in a couple of different uh, uh, masterminds here, and I think they have LA chapters as well. So, yeah, um, I'm sure I could find like-minded folks to hook up with. And oh yeah, and we have friends that are in in a, in a band as well, so they've got a studio. So I think I'm gonna try to leverage that. Maybe I th- they might want to get some co-working space together, which I th- I thought would be kind of interesting. Ooh, that would be great. And there's a lot more. I mean, I would say a lot more people are aware of the podcasting. <laughs> podcasting in LA than there are maybe maybe other places you know but yeah. um is there a pod camp there no not really but that would be something that would be really great I'd love to, to see a pod camp in the west coast because most of the strong pod camps are in the in the east coast yeah so. the, is uh is Victor still podcasting as far as I know he is not okay um no but there's a lot of like you know um Adam Christensen from the Mac cast is in San Diego um, he, he was always, he was somebody that I looked up to as well and, 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 you know, listened to his podcast since back in the day. So there's a, there's a lot of podcasters in Southern California that, that are there that have been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. For Appar- a long time. Yeah. A- apparently San Diego is the new podcasting hub. I know. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Well, Adam Christensen was in San Diego way before all the other people were uh, podcasting because I think they were in San Diego, but they were not podcasting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so. But it yeah. seems like the new breed, um, Pat Flynn, John Lee Dumas, right. Amy Porterfield's out there. Leo, I think uh, Leo Laporte's out there as well. No, he's in the no, he's northern in, part, but oh, still in the West Coast. Yeah, so it's funny how that's, how that, maybe they, it's just, they're just It's the weather. Out. It's the weather. It's the weather, man. <laughs> it's the weather. It's the sunshine. <laughs> so, um, so that's 2006. You're getting started, and you're starting to crank out uh, the episodes of the of the yoga class. Did you did you grow that um, that community of su- of supporters as you proceeded through the years of podcasting? And did you feel like it was something that was picking up, or it, it hit a point when there there might have been some sort of lull in terms of uh, your, your listeners or just the growth of podcasts it that always, you were aware of? It always grew. It always grew because I was one of the first. Yeah. I think I was the first female audio yoga podcaster. I was like the first. So there was nobody else doing what I was doing. Um, and, and so since I was the only one doing what I was doing, I was constantly featured. I mean, I was featured for years nonstop without even trying to try anything. I was on the front page of the alternative health forever. And it was really, really great. It constantly, it just grew and grew and grew. I did do, I did nothing. I did nothing to promote it. Nothing, not one thing. Yeah. Not one, I would do my blog, you know, my blog show notes. I joined Twitter, I think a year after, almost a year after I started podcasting. But even then I didn't even know how to do that. You know, like yeah. I was using Twitter for, for actual conversations. I was using Twitter to talk to people. I wasn't, I didn't even know Mama. about marketing. You know, Mama. I had no idea what that was, that even Mama. was. Yes, <laughs> I have gum. We don't have gum, bubble gum. I love it at home. Daddy has it. Daddy has it? Yes. Yes. Why don't you go watch the movie? Okay. All right. <laughs> so um, She's speaking pretty well. Yeah, she's very good. She's very good with her talking skill. Um, Runs in the family then. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. So, uh, yeah, so I never had to do anything, which so I was really lucky. I was a really completely unique case. Um, and I'm sad that I didn't capitalize on it to some degree because um, once I moved here to Pittsburgh, which was in 2007, 
Um, I stopped producing as consistently as I was because I was no longer teaching as much. Now I teach like two classes a week. It's very hard for me to record those because they're so unique. The classes are, are, uh, they require a lot more visual. And so I, I feel that it's not the best class to put out as an audio class. Yeah. So it's feeling, I, you know, last year I published five classes a year. That's all I was able to, oh, wow. to get through. So, but there was a point in 2000 and I was looking back through my stats because I forgot why I was looking back through my stats. For some reason I was trying to, to let, I was trying to do some weird stuff back there and I wanted to look. In 2011, I got up to, gosh, it was crazy. I was getting $5,000, $5,000, 5,000 <laughs> downloads a day. Wow. With nothing. Wow. I was doing nothing. I almost hit, I think that was like a hype. Maybe. I, w- <laughs> I was getting uh, to about sixty to 70,000 downloads a month Whoa. with nothing. Wow. And then I just stopped. And I, I, but I, I didn't do anything. So it's yeah. not like it was a specific thing. It's just that at that time, I believe um, I was still being featured. And then right around that time is when other people started to come around. And they yeah. were very deliberate at what they're doing. So my stats have fallen a lot. Um, uh, I can't remember the last time that I went in there to look, but it's probably half that, but still pretty big considering yeah. that I'm not doing anything <laughs> like at all. Like I don't ever tweet about it. I don't ever promote it. I don't ever. Uh. Do, do, uh, listeners of the regular listeners of the show, folks who have been listening for a while, do they, do, do they reach out to you? Yes, they still email me. In fact, I just got an email from a woman who was, Hey, may may listen, Bubby. This button here, if you press that button, it makes mommy quiet. Can you please not press that button? I will give you, how about I give you some, I'm going to totally bribe her. Can you, can I give you some uh, chocolate chip bunny crackers? Yes. Okay. And can you please go inside the room to watch the movie with Hunter, please? Yes. Okay, thank you. I like that. And that is a button that you do not press because then it makes mommy quiet. Okay. All right, one second. That's so sad. That's funny. Sugar to quiet her down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second. Let me get her some bunny crackers. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, no worries. It's like, you're going to be like, oh my God, this, this is like, <laughs> this is mama life for me. This is why like I work in spurts because I never get in straight hour. So I was like talking, oh, the download numbers. Yeah. So then it's taken a huge, it's taken a huge dive. And then it made me so sad when I looked at that. I was like, oh, I had so much. And yeah. now, but then at the same time, I don't put any, any, thought into it. So it's not like I'm doing anything. I shouldn't yeah. be sad about it. Um, so hopefully I'll, I haven't published since last November. Have you um, thought, so is it more like a, that the yoga podcast is now more like, like a labor of love for you? Oh yeah. It always has been. Yeah. It always has been. And the thing is, it's like, I thought about, you know, everybody was like, Oh, if you just ask for a dollar for every download, if you could just monetize it, if you could just, and then I was like, oh, maybe I should, maybe I should. But you know what? It didn't feel right. It, it, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't, yeah. it didn't feel comfortable. I, I felt like I was, I just, it just never felt right. I tried to do it because I thought like everybody was telling me that I should because it was so big and, and, uh, and, and yeah. And I just, you know what? It's too much pressure for me and it's too much to deliver that for these people. I mean, the people I was telling you about the email that I got from a woman who is, um, in the middle East and she practices my podcast in the middle East. And she said, I just really want to tell you how much they've really helped me. And a lot of these students have been with me for years and years and years and years. And I get like book letters. Like I don't get like, Hey, good show. I get like, you were with me when I broke up with my boyfriend. You were with me when I was going through this other move and I was all alone and I had nobody else. And you were with me when I got married in Hawaii and we did it. Like, I mean, there's like these stories of, of their life that they tell me how my voice has sustained them through all of these changes and have given them so much. So to me, it's, it's, it is a labor of, it's what I, it's what I do. It's my, it's what I do. And, um, I don't feel comfortable. And so I've, I've decided to just make it a labor of love. I'm not going to try to monetize it. I've, and it feels so good for me to say that. Have you looked at the Patreon? Patreon the Patreon model is, um, I've considered it, but yeah. you know what? I kind of don't, I don't want to do anything. Not, at this moment, I don't want to do anything with that podcast like that. Yeah. I want it to be what it is. I want it to be as, as it was. And it is 
love for me to be able to do that. You know, it's given me so much already. I have other projects that I'm working on and I will, and I'm very deliberate about that. That's going to be a completely different thing. And it's going to, it's very clear to me what I want to do with it. As opposed to that one, it's like, it's, I just love, I love to share my voice, but I don't want to be, I don't have time. That class is like, you know, six thirty to 90 minutes long, depending on what class it is. And then just start to do like, and email me at blah, blah, and leave me a review. And mm. hey, if you give me a five-star review, like <laughs> that's like 10 minutes of promotion. And I don't have that time. People are listening to me to practice. They want to yeah. get in their bodies. They want to do their thing. They want to be in themselves. They don't want to be thinking about leaving me a review. And I don't care if they do or not. I have tons already. I'm fine with that. <laughs> so, Yeah, that's so interesting because, um, you know, obviously I'm, I'm going through my process and, and, and when you start to think about all the things that you're supposed to, like you're supposed to have in the podcast right. and all those things you just mentioned, and those are things that you have to edit into the podcast and think about your intro, your outro. I mean, there's so many people like trying to explain to you what that perfect podcast setup should be like and all the things you should have if you want to obviously quote unquote monetize the podcast. So what's great is that if since you don't have that concern you're more relaxed in the presentation of your podcast and you know that you're you're focused 100 percent on content Mm -hmm. like everything you do in the podcast is for your listeners and you know you almost don't even have to think about oh you know how am i going to edit this and how am i going to like you know splice in these other things these other 20 things that everyone says i should should be having in there so that's interesting yeah, it's it's so freeing. And the thing is, I the only thing that I have is that I, I want to make that intro the beginning is five minutes or less. So it needs to be really fast. And what keeps me from publishing more is the fact that my show notes are super detailed because I have images of every pose that I do. And I also whenever I teach, I teach from a really heart like it's a it's a very strong themes. My classes are very driven by everyday experience. And it's not something that I can do it with my right brain. It's really a left yeah. brain process and it's very internal and it's very, it's deeper. It's like, so, it's so much deeper. My work with the yoga stuff is so much deeper that I can't just chuck, I can't just chuck it out. Like I just can't do it. The feed, you know, my podcast with Lipson is so much easier because I have a template. It's super exciting. It's fun. Yeah. I love to do it. It's, it's more lighthearted. Um, it's a little bit more on the right brain kind of thing. There's lots of, you know, specific things and details that I'm, I'm getting into. We're not talking about sensations and emotions and, you know, <laughs> all that kind of stuff and being in your body and asking deep yeah. questions like that's like, that's not, not, that's not what that's about. And so it's easier for me to get that out. Like I usually record that in my closet or in anywhere that's quiet in, in 10 minutes or less, like with like my little um, digital recorder, I just blow through it. Like, you know, really, really fast. And then yeah, I yeah. edit the editing process takes me a little bit longer, but in order for recording, I know how to do that. I know what to do with my voice. I'm comfortable behind a microphone. I know all those things. So I get it out quick. Yeah. And, um, the other stuff though, is just, there's so much cause there's writing involved with the yoga stuff. Like there's all these deep, like articles that I write and all the stuff. And so I'm like, if I'm not feeling it inside, it's really hard to write that stuff. How would you uh, suggest, because it's been interesting, because uh, I haven't been big on, on yoga, but we actually did a retreat in January. We went to Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. And it was a yoga retreat, and um, it was more of a, they called it mindful fitness, and it was more um, sort of, I guess, like what probably like a power yoga, because we were sweating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there was a lot lot more movement as opposed to just, you know, the, the sitting and breathing and stretching stuff. So, But it, it's good, because um, they gave us these, some of these, they called them flows, and they were based on uh, wind, fire, and earth, I think, or in terms of the movements. And I found that when you did them, it really like opened up you know, your channel, so to speak, and it, and, and it made you like, it was a great way to start the morning. We, we started every morning at 7 a.m. with that. So it was, it was, it was interesting. It's something I want to, my wife keeps telling me to, to jump into, into one of her classes. So I think uh, maybe I'll start uh, listening to the podcast, going back to some of the earlier episodes. You should, and you know, you know, um, definitely do. That's what I have a lot of students that listen, just yeah. listen. They don't do, they just listen. Yeah. I have a lot of people who take walks with me and just listen. Um, because there's a lot of teaching going on in between the classes and there's something really intriguing about being able to visualize in your head, what's going on with your body that actually does it in your body. It's the same way that you would do 
um, it's the whole process of the fight or flight response. You know, when yep. if you start to think like if you think that a tiger is going to come and jump at you and eat you, if you just think that and you know and you think that the tiger's outside your door, you know, when you freak out and you well, I don't know about you, but sometimes there's a moment when you're alone in the house and everything's closed. And if you just let your mind go to, oh my God, somebody's trying to break in, yeah. you, your heart starts to freak out and you start, your whole body responds to that fear, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's the same thing when people listen to my podcast and cannot do it in their bodies. If they're taking a walk, if you just sit and listen and pay attention and you get into it, that same thing happens so that your body is in it. Obviously, you're not getting the benefit of the actual you know, muscle engagement and all that stuff. But your ability to understand the rhythms, your ability to understand the connection from mind to body, your understanding of where body parts are, all of that starts to become clearer. So um, it's it's a very unique experience. Yeah, and, and I totally understand that because a, a lot of the times when um, they tell people how to how to work out, uh, some of the best things you can do is the visualization. Even before you make it into the gym, you actually visualize yourself working through the the workout. Uh, succeeding, make doing the repetitions you had planned to do before you went in there, and you almost complete the whole the whole workout in your mind before you even get to the gym. So by the time you get there, it's like you said, you're you're kind of training the mind to accept or or feel that they can succeed in that given exercise for that given period of time. Absolutely, yep. So that's 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 great stuff. Yeah. So I think uh, would you rec- would you just recommend that folks pick certain episodes or just start at the beginning, kind of work um, through? Well, they don't do that. I actually have level one classes, level two, three classes, level two classes. So they're I, I would say go to the level one classes. Okay. Instead of thinking, and and I would stay on the I would say forty and on, just because of my audio quality was kind of really crappy at the beginning. I mean, the actual content is great. The yeah. audio quality is a little bit crappy. Um, and I wish I could do something about that. That's so hard. And it's, yeah. and it's really just cause I didn't understand levels. You know, I, it took me forever to understand levels. Um, and so there's some of them that are really loud and some of them not so loud. And some of them, there's a lot of noise in the background and it was, I just didn't understand the concept. And so now I'm a little bit more adept at being able to get those classes out. So, um, but, but yeah, it's not like a continuing thing. It's not like you follow one and go to a hundred and you'll learn more. It's like, Every class, it's its own thing. So yeah. I have people who do one class over and over and over again. Okay. Those are their favorites. Or, you know, you can pick the themes that you really like that you want to practice with. But I would say level one classes are really good. They're actually not, uh, if you wouldn't, don't think that they're any less than the, the more advanced in coach classes. They're yeah. really challenging because you have to hold poses forever and ever. But um, that's how I would do it. Yeah, that's good. I'm going to jump on that. You should. It will be fun. And I have an app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have an app now too. So, um, Okay, so let's – so fast fast forward. Uh, when did you get introduced to Rob? Because you went from being, I guess, a fan, right? You went to, Absolutely. <laughs> and you're like, fan. okay, Rob Welsh is this guy with the, pod, with the podcast 411. When did you guys meet up? Well, he interviewed me for podcast 411. Okay. okay. And that was the first time we met. And it was so exciting. I was so excited. It's like, I made it. You know what I mean? It's like when I got interviewed for that show, I thought like, oh my God, I'm famous. <laughs> and, you know, nobody else knew what in the world I was talking about. But in my head, I was like, yes. Yeah, of course. So um, that's how we met. And I had been going to, at that moment, it was like, I think the Portable Media Expo. I think that that's what it was called. It was in yeah. Ontario. You know, it was like way back then. And I would go over over there and kind of walk around and, and kind of meet people at that time. And one of those times, it was in 2007, I believe. Um, oh, you know what it was? I think we were having our interview. I think with Rob, we were having an interview. And he, and I just happened to say that I'm, I was looking for some changes. You know, I was making some changes in my life. And he was like, I might have a job for you. And I was like, Really? And so then um, we met up at the Ontario Expo and he told me, you know, that he was going to be working for Lipson and he wanted me to come work with him and all this stuff. And I was like, what? This is crazy. <laughs> OK. And so I said, sure. <laughs> wow. I know. So I, I that's how I did it. You know, it was basically because I was so passionate about podcasting and I yeah. was so verbal about it it was like i could not i still can't stop talking about it and obsessing about it so it's like even whenever i'm not doing anything i'm i'm researching podcasting i'm looking at podcasting stuff i'm 
um, looking at articles about podcasting and I just really, really love it. I do it without getting paid. Like yeah. it was funny cause when I had like, you know, basically, um, maternity leave, if you will, I took about a year and a half off. And so I didn't work. I didn't work, but I was always on the computer doing the same stuff. I'm, st- I'm, I'm I was still doing the same work that I did for them at home without, without them. So yeah. I still did it. <laughs> so what year was that when, when you came on board with Lipson? 2007. Wow, so it's been a while. Yeah. But I, but I, like I said, there was like a year and a half or two years in between there. So I came in um, at around Lipson, Lipson 3. No, Lipson 2 was wow. on at that time. And then when I gave birth to my baby girl, Lipson 3 was released in that process. Okay. And then I came back um, after even the and the app platforms were also released while I was not there, um, the app offerings. Yeah. And then so I came into, I started to work back for Libsyn right after apps were being submitted into the store. Uh, okay. I think it was like the second wave of them. So you, not only did you get in on the, on the ground floor of podcasting, but I think you were able now to see it from a, a Lipson perspective because now you got to see everyone that was signing up with Lipson to actually be a podcaster, right? Yep. So how was that? That was that growth curve, you know, prob- and you could probably only speak from the time you joined in 2007, but was it, did you see slow and steady or has there been a point recently where it started to kind of do a rapid uptick? Uh, Cause I think in, that in terms of growth, in terms of growth, it's been pretty steady. It, yeah. That's really, it's really nice to see that it's real. it's a very steady growth. Um, but I would say that I think Rob mentioned it on the feed too, that we had our biggest month uh, last month and that usually that is unusual because usually it, January is always a really big month for us because yeah. just people, you know, New Year's, New, Year's, New Year's resolutions, <laughs> it's always the same place. I'm sure that's the same thing anywhere, well, yeah. almost everywhere. Um, but that's, and it's really great to see that growth. But I think that that's because of all of the different, you know, places like Podcasters Paradise or, you know, all the podcasting A to Z things and all the, you know, all the podcasting groups that are now being set. And everybody is kind of using us because we're like the standard and it's, you don't have to use us, of course, but there's just, it's just people's workflow. It, it's really hard to break people's workflow. And yeah. then especially with the newer people that are coming in that are, have had success podcasting, they don't want to teach something that they're not, a, that they don't know. So I haven't seen anybody that is teaching the, the vast possibilities within the podcasting space. It's all, this is what works. Follow this, this little template and that's it. Yeah. So I think that there's good things about that. And I also am not okay with that. <laughs> From, from what aspect? From the aspect of perspective that there is so much more to podcasting than what is, what is known out there right now, especially from the entrepreneurial space. You know, there's just so much like you were talking about the fizzle show. Of course, like to me, that's so not unusual. It's like, that's what I went into. Like now what's weird to me is that everybody's doing exactly the same thing. And so when I listen, I'm like, it's the same intro. It's the same words. They're doing the same thing. It's broken up in the same specific you know bits and pieces it's always about the same kind of stuff and like you were talking about it's the same people talking yeah. about the same stuff it's just like <laughs> really and so and it's interesting because i you were you know asked me about the shows that i'm listening to and um i listen to a lot i listen to a ton yeah. And, um, but i fluctuate back and forth and it's a really intimate medium for me podcasting it's not like I honestly adore it. I I really love it. Like that, it's my it's how I get my information, and I do subscribe to a lot of the entrepreneurial podcasts. And I did when they first started to come out. I actually I did, but now I no longer listen to them because they all sound the same. And it's been a it's been now I've been subscribed to these guys for about a year and a half or so, or almost two years. Because there was a lot of really great info, you know, and I really, I was like, oh, this is really great. I really like that. But now I'm to the point where I don't want, it's like, it's, I'm satiated with it. Like I, it's the same stuff. It's the same announcer. It's the same type of music. And so I'm like, I'm, I don't listen to podcasts for that. 
And so I'm going back. It's, it's so interesting. I'm going back to listen to the to the ones that I've always listened to because those are the ones that bring me the most like happiness and most joy. You those know, are pro- those are probably the ones that are based more on. Uh, the personality, would you say, of the the podcaster? Because Person, that- yeah, personality and personality, conversation, and information about the things that I like. So I'm a total tech like Mac girl, and it somehow pacifies my 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 thought process to listen to somebody talk about Macs <laughs> for like ninety minutes. Okay, so. Yeah. The Mac cast from um, um, Adam Christensen is one of those where it's just him, and he just talks like. Yeah. Not like, and he has, I mean, it's hugely long, so much feedback, tons of talking. There's no like, you know, pretty sounds. There's no calls to action. It's just like really comfortable, comfortable conversation about Mac stuff. Very Mac specific things. Um, you know, Mac OS Ken is another one who I think is a master. He's a daily podcaster. Um, he scripts out his shows and he just delivers Mac news in about, I would say between 15 minutes or less, depending on the show. Sometimes it's seven, sometimes nine, sometimes 10, uh, daily podcast. He's brilliant. Like yeah, I yeah. love to listen to him and just get to, to, to listen to the way that he delivers something and the way that he culminates all the information into, into a small amount of time. And he does it so professionally, like even at the beginning, the way he, he says who the show is being brought to you by the music, and then he just does his thing and then it's done. And it's like super fast. I got a ton of information plus a lot of his personality, even though he's just delivering in quotes, the news, there's so much intelligent, um, just the way that he uses his voice inflection and the way he, he, he uses pausing deliberately so that you, that it's hilarious. Like some of the way that he, you know, the way that he does things. I don't, I love listening to that stuff. And, um, you know, a daily tech news uh, show with um, Tom Merritt. He's one of my idols. I love Tom Merritt. He's been yeah. around, you know, CNET for years and years. And I just really like, again, tech, it's all tech news. It's all very specific. Like there's, it seems to me that these people are just delivering information. And I love that. And somehow I d- dove into them. I never feel like they're asking anything of me. It's I, I, you know, I just feel like I'm just part of, and I will do anything for these guys. Like yeah. I will, you know, I'll, I'll do anything for these guys, no matter whatever they ask. I'm like, Hey, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> whatever you want. You know? So it's very intriguing how I've gone back to, to the old stuff. And I still, I can't, I can't ever let those guys go. Yeah. Um, whenever I want to calm down, I'll listen to Mac, Mac podcast. That's hilarious, right? Yeah. <laughs> the yoga teacher uses a yeah. Mac podcast to calm down. <laughs> I know. Isn't that crazy? Because it makes the chatter in my own head kind of like go away. I'm like, oh, this is great. I want to just think about tech. <laughs> yeah, then it's probably what's happening is at the end of the day, it's like you said, it's their voice, their personality, um, and the fact that they're, for whatever reason, they, they soothe you when they, you know, they could be talking about I don't know, peanuts or Macs or, you know, light bulbs. I don't know. I think, I think it's just how they deliver it. And Mm -hmm. the fact that, that the fact that they're so passionate about what they're talking about that draws you in. That's exactly it. It's the passion about what they're talking about. Cause I could, that it made me, Hey, I've invested thousands of dollars in Mac, (laughs) Mac now because of these Mac podcasters. Yeah. It's funny. uh, You mentioned something, you know, you were saying it's, it's how I get my information and I totally can relate to that because I think for for me now, um, and it's the fact that I'm sort of a, a productivity hack type of guy, so I try to t- make the most of my time. And I right. feel like podcasts are that if you pick the right ones, if you pick the, the the people that are interesting, the people that bring on bring in fantastic guests, you know, engaging guests. And then there's the the history ones. I you, you know I know you guys talk a lot about uh, Dan Carlin's podcast, yeah. and it's almost like man, if you wanted to learn about American history or just history in general. And you jumped into that podcast. It number one, uh, it's very like uh, ex- ex- exciting, I guess, in a way, in terms of to listen to it delivered that way. And it was never delivered that way when we were in school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty dry. So it's pretty cool to take anything, any topic you want, like American history. And, and there's the guy doing the podcast now on the American Revolution. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I saw that one. I I, I have that listed and I got to jump into that one as, as well because I, I think I need to have a balance. I need to have like the comedy podcasts. I need the educational podcasts, the business podcasts. And then I need something where I learn something like, like you know, what I 
probably typically do through a book, maybe, which I do less of. But now if I find educational podcasts, they can meet that need as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, um, and it's, and then the other, the other uh, uh, point that you made was the fact that we have all these people coming in because of all these new ways, you know, all these schools of podcasting, if you will, and and these, um, these training grounds for all these new podcasters. But if they're all teaching you how to do it the same way, every podcast is going to sound the same. Right. And it's, you know, so that's why it's great to have your perspective on it. Having seen like the people who were just literally doing it in their basements um, and were doing it as a labor of love to now the people doing it, you know, I would think as a labor of love as well, but following this rote formula that, you know, that comes through when they record their podcast because the fact that you can point out, oh, there's the intro, there's the jingle, there's the 15 second sell, there's the outro, there's the recommendation to for iTunes, you know, it's, it's like, oh, wow, you know, you don't really think about it. And maybe people that are getting into podcasting now probably think, you know, wow, all podcasts sound the same. Right. Yeah. So yeah, you have to take that into consideration. So, so do you see that there's going to be a, a sort of like hashing out of this like neck, you know, this current wave of new podcasters coming on board and following these 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 formulas to how to get started in podcasting, do you see a point where that's going to level off and then you'll start to have some new and interesting voices like come out of that? Absolutely, they yeah. always have to. They always yeah. have to. The thing is, is that you know, podcasting like you were talking about before. I think a lot of people have come into it because. Um, it's been so profitable for a lot of people. And so you kind of go like, I want to get on that bandwagon, right? Um, There's that, there's those people, the people that are coming into that, that are are doing it for that perspective. They just want to know the system is it system is, I can't even say that how to systemize (laughs) the whole thing, right? They want to know how to systemize it, how to get it into their existing, you know, business model so that they can just chuck them out. And how many podcasts can you get in the back burner before you can? So they have those people, right? So there's those people we'll see. We'll see, depending upon what the return on investment is for them, whether or not they'll continue. So yeah. that's the, that's like the one thing. Then there's the other people who are like, oh, my God, this is it. This is like the way I don't I'm not a big blogger. I mean, I've been, you know, pulling my hair because I've been trying to write these things or I'm not I'm not I'm just not I'm not going to be selling any online products. I don't want to do that. It just doesn't resonate with me. I'm not a webinar person. You know, like there's a lot of people. There's all of these different things that people want to do. And they've been working so hard at doing that. It's been working for them. But now they've found like a podcast. That's exactly what resonates with me. So those guys, I think those guys are the ones that are going to start to create the great stuff because it's it's because it it aligns with them. They're not doing it for anything other than the fact that this is the way that they want to speak their voice. This is yeah. the way they want to get their stuff out. So, you know, like like my my writing voice is slightly different than my speaking voice, you know. Yeah. And and I enjoy both. So, it's it's really intriguing to me to be able to see like how I get both of them. But for me, podcasting is a medium that I really, really enjoy. I really enjoy the voice. I really love editing. I really love to get <laughs> the stuff out. I love to listen to. I, I I know it so much. I love I love to consume audio content. Yeah. I'm not a big video person, so in that respect, I think that I'm like the kind of person that's going to continue to do it because I really love it. I think it's harder for people to do it when they're trying to put it in as a part of a strategy. And if it doesn't really resonate with them and they're just pushing through it, those are the people that are might come down. Yeah, I think it was, um, I'm trying to think where I heard it. It might've been Rob that mentioned a stat or maybe uh, John had mentioned it, but that uh, the, the people where the, the point where folks give up in terms of starting a new podcast is after the seventh podcast or they don't make, they don't make it to seven. I think there was some stat along those lines. Yes. Rob did talk about that. I would venture to say that I would give people about mm, six months to a year if they can continue six months to a year to make the decision to do it or not. Go ahead. I'm probably going to say the same thing because I think they don't realize what they're getting into, right? Exactly. Because it's the sustaining aspect of it, you know, because yeah. once you because there's going to come a point if you're doing if you're doing like the interview based based thing and you're following the model of the way like John Lee Dumas does it that, you know, he does the one day he records all the stuff, he puts it in the back, he 
you know, everything's systemized, everything's out there. He's like, you know, I don't know how many weeks ahead of the schedule, whatever, all that stuff. Yeah, that takes a lot of work. And it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work in a lot of different (laughs) ways. So if you think about sustaining that, not just for a month, but for like ever, unless, unless you don't do it anymore. Right. And that's That's, what tends to happen. I mean, think about how many times you started your your email newsletter. Oh, I'm going to be really good at sending emails weekly. Everybody I'm going to get, and it's really going to be really helpful. You do that for what? Three months maybe. And then it's like, oops, you miss like, you know, it's every two weeks. Then all of a sudden it's on what month. Then you don't email your list for like three months or something and you forget. So it's like, it's like that. (laughs) Yeah. That's why, I mean, yeah. Insert, insert whatever, um, marketing tool there in the blanks, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to blog for, for uh, once a week, you know, I'm going to send an email newsletter once a week. I'm going to do a webinar once a week. (laughs) Yeah. And then they all, like you said, and if it's not the one that's you and your natural voice, um, then it's probably not going to last forever. And I think what draws me to the, to the, the podcast is the fact that I'm able to have like this conversation in a relaxed, you know, just it, 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 ideally, you know, the, um, if we were sitting in, this, in, the, in a lounge or in a studio or something like that, we could just sit back and talk and not, not say, hey, I, I have a half hour, or I have 45 minutes, or I have an hour. It's literally like you just talk, you know, you just talk like you would if you were just, we were just sitting on the sofa having, um, you know, a conversation about a topic that we're, we're both passionate about. And that comes through because when you hear those conversations and you're like, oh, I just feel like I was like a fly on the wall when I was sitting there in the room, these guys were talking about something and they were both loving the topic. Um, and it came through. So th- I think that's, th- that's what really resonates when that happens. And that's why I'm drawn to podcasts like Joe Rogan's podcast. It just, just sits there and talks for three hours mm-hmm. at someone. And the time flies because I listen to the whole thing. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And, you know, you brought up something that's really intriguing, too, because it's your, your guest has to be just as involved. Because sometimes you have a guest and they're there for their own gain. You know, yeah. so you know that you're okay. So I'm going to be coming over here and we're going to be talking about these five tips on how to, you know, whatever book they just wrote, whatever thing they have. And so they know how to talk the talk. They don't know how to get deeper in a conversation. And it's not necessarily because they're not interesting. It's just that there's also an, like a, a boundary between speaking to somebody and, and maybe they're not used to consuming audio content. Yeah. Maybe they're not used to understanding the concept of, of the depth of intimacy of what of the medium that they're diving into. Maybe they don't understand the importance of not typing on the keyboard or wicking around on their chairs and you're like, stop it. You know what I mean? That kind exactly. of stuff because there's a lot of different things that come into play with this medium. So I think as podcasters, there's a lot to educate. You know, there's a lot of education that needs to happen, uh, especially for those of us that are interviewing other people to really set the foundation of, of the kind of culture that we're setting with our podcast. This is, this is what we're doing. You know, this is, this is very... This is important. It's like, just like I I go back to Keith Malley when he was on Keith and the Girl. I mean, he was with us. He was always saying like, well, we did it. We took it serious. We took it serious. And I'm like, that's right. There's a lot of people that that don't. But, you know, it's it's that kind of thing um, that you, it's not just you taking it serious. It's you setting the foundation for other people to take it serious with you to make sure that the communications are, are straight up, that you have you build the kind of uh, experience that you want other people to have, especially with those that you're interviewing as well to kind of give them like, like I love the email that you sent because it, it set me up for success. It set me up to see like, okay, I feel that this is a conversation that I really want to have, you know, because I, well, I love to talk about podcasting all day long, but you know, that I'm like, okay, this is something that, but I, I take it serious, you know, when I'm being interviewed and it's, that's what's so hard. That's why I'm like, so like, I don't know if I have enough time because I really don't like to have my girls coming in and out like this. But in all honesty, if I were only to do it myself, it's like I have three hours a a week where it's that I have that time where it's only me. And that time is booked up super fast. I'm sure. So, um, I understand that. I, I, I get it. So uh, you're you're going to be speaking at uh, Podcast Movement, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I haven't figured out um, what uh, yet, um, but I am part of a panel. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be there, so... Uh, oh, good. Yay! We'll get, to, we'll get to meet in person. Yay. I think that, I mean, just kind of wrapping up what i appreciate and i think we actually had a a nice conversation there and it's one of the things that i had in mind when i started the the podcast to have these in-depth conversations with you know fellow podcast junkies (laughs) and and it was and it's uh pretty cool because 
when I started hearing you, uh, it was through, it was probably through the lips and the feed first. And then, because I had seen your name a couple of times and I obviously saw that you were speaking. Um, and then I just naturally jumped into the feed podcast and said, I was, uh, I'm on Lipson right now. And I think what's great is what comes across when you talk is your enthusiasm. Like I literally, like I'm always smiling when I listen to that podcast because you talk so naturally <laughs> and, and, and you're just like, oh, and you get so excited about the topic because you're just like, yay. And you're like, woo. And you, you throw these little snippets, these sound bites in there. And you're like, wow, she's really having fun doing that, which is awesome. I love it. I love it so much. It's like, yeah. So it's, it's not hard to do. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> So, uh, what do you, what do you, I mean? Do you what do you see in terms of things moving forward? I, I mean, you see uh, just it, it picking up and, and the, the numbers picking up on on the Lipson side. Absolutely, it's not going to stop. There's way too much momentum. I mean, I, I can't even tell you like the conversations that I'm having on uh, Facebook, especially on some uh, podcasting uh, groups. It's it's crazy. It's there's so many people that are starting podcasts. It's like yeah. what the heck. And everybody's trying to do it. And it's, uh, it's overwhelming to me to see how many people, I mean, it's great. Uh, it's just, it's so funny because sometimes the questions that I see, I go like, what are you asking? <laughs> and so it's really hard because I spend like, in some of the responses that I give to people, I spend like an hour crafting a response to somebody yeah. in those groups because it, I feel so, so passionately about the subject. And also that there is a lack of information and a lack of, of understanding of the medium itself as a whole that I feel just drawn to spend time educating, um, especially when it comes to expectations um, and new and noteworthy. Oh, my God. And that's, a, that's like another <laughs> like thing for me. I'm like, dude, new and noteworthy. Yeah, it's all that. It's like it's so that's why I keep saying this in every single response. What would happen if iTunes disappeared? Would you, would you continue podcasting? Yeah. Would you podcast? If iTunes was not around, would you podcast? And for me, if I, if I'm working with a podcaster one-on-one, if I'm consulting with them, if I'm guiding them, if I'm, you know, if I do that kind of stuff, that is a litmus test for me. If I ask you that you, that question and you say, I would not, then I don't want to work with you. Yeah. Because that's because I don't have anything to offer to you because I'm doing this as a like, you know, like a labor of love. So to me, if you're not willing to put your voice out there without the millions of people that could possibly have access to you and you can, you know, use iTunes to leverage your reach or whatever the heck, then I don't want to work with you because it's not about you and noteworthy. Yeah. At least not for me anyway. It might be for you. And and maybe there's somebody that can, you know debate that with me but if itunes disappeared tomorrow would you podcast yeah it's so funny because that that, that phrase new and noteworthy i had not heard that phrase uttered so much uh in uh, before i got got into the whole podcasting thing mm-hmm. and, and, and in the past like three to six months it's just been like um, that's like the first that on the tips of everyone's lips it's like the, the one thing that they know that they have to do and then after, if you ask them what they're going to do after that i think they're they're kind of stuck that's what i'm saying it's like crazy pants. And like with, <laughs> with, the, with the feed, it was like that. I, I, you know, I did, I did a small push. Like I made sure we sent an email out. I made sure that I had certain things set up. But I also knew our audience is so niche. And it's, I didn't want everybody listening because this is for Lipson. This is very specific for Lipson audience members. Yeah. This, or for people who are using our service. It's very focused. I don't want every podcaster to listen to us. I mean, if they do, that's great. I'm sure they'll learn a lot of stuff, but that's not my focus. And so I didn't, I feel that cultivating the relationships that we currently have is the biggest way for us to grow that audience. And it's been growing a little bit, a little bit, a little bit at a time. I I have no, there's been some, I feel so happy about our success, but it doesn't merit on the fact that we're being featured every single second. Or we're not the top podcaster podcast about podcasting out there. That's not my. That's not why we began doing this. We wanted yeah. to establish a deeper connection with our audience, so that they can feel that they know us and they can use our service. I mean, honestly, it's really to just have you use Libsyn. Yeah. So, and that's been working. <laughs> and I definitely get the sense that you and Rob are cut from the same cloth because uh, you guys make a perfect uh, match for each other when you're on the uh, when you're on the podcast. 
Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I love talking to that man. It cracks me up because that's one of the reasons, you know, when I usually listen to him go on rants on Podcast 411, I would get so excited because he would say things nobody else would. He'd, he'd always say like things straight up. Like, you know, he doesn't hold, hold back his yeah. opinion. I love that. And so I kind of want to be like that. And so since, you know, you like to, you kind of want to resonate with other people that do the stuff that you want them to do. So, or that you want to do yourself. And so Rob, somebody like that, he's not going to be quiet yeah. <laughs> when he comes and he's an opinion. He's like, blah. <laughs> uh, what is, Google is not uh, the podcaster's friend. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and he continues to say that. So, so, uh, Elsie, uh, definitely. I mean, I, I, I really enjoy talking to you because I really, your passion for podcasting comes through. I mean, it, it, I already knew that it came through because <laughs> I've been listening to you on the feed and it was just affirmed through this conversation. So I, I think I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. Yay. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> yes. And, um, just if you want to give a plug for the feed. Oh yes. Um, so if you want to know, you know, more about podcasting, you can, um, come over to, you can subscribe to us and iTunes, or you can even download our app, our free app for Android and iOS. And it's the feed, you would, I would say the feed Libsyn or the feed, the official Libsyn podcast, or you can just check out our show notes over at blog.libsyn.com. Um, yeah. And get more really in-depth conversation about podcasting and news, information, opinions, lots of opinions and uh, all that that comes with it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for the listeners, that show is highly recommended, if only for the personalities of Elsie and Rob. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, Elsie. You see, what did I tell you? This woman is funny. This woman has an opinion. And I think there's a lot to learn from the history of podcasting and where podcasting is headed because she's so opinionated. I'm glad I had her on. For a complete rundown of all the links mentioned and podcasts on this show, check out podcastjunkies.com slash seven. Something new I put together on the site also you might want to check out. It's a free PDF. It's called Eight Tools to Skyrocket Your Podcast Launch and Production. And it's just some tips on lessons or productivity hacks that I've come across um, as I've started to put together the, sh the show. So you can check it out. Um, just go to podcastjunkies.com slash eight tools. That's the number eight tools. And let me know what you think. There's also a, a link on the site as well. Hopefully you'll find it helpful. This week's music is from The No Twist. Or is it The Not Twist? I'm not sure. It's a German indie rock band. And uh, George picked this out because he's it's something he found recently. He likens them to Radiohead and TV on the radio. And this title track is called Close to the Glass. I definitely liked it, and I, I think you will too. Take care. Uh, next week, we've got James Shramko, which promises to be a very entertaining interview. Have a great weekend, guys. Thanks. Close to the glass, so other place.